Hi, friend. It's your home speaking, and I need some favors. Could you turn on some of the lights in the basement? Um, I'm scared of the dark. Also, this one is easy. Could you bundle your home and car insurance with Geico so we could save money? Last thing, just a suggestion. Could you steam clean the carpets? I need a spa day. Geico. For bundling made easy, go to geico.com today. So if you've noticed, we've given our blog a very Hollywood name, a very animated name, but we're not very happy about it. My name is Rishi Kapoor. The man sitting across the table is Kunal Shah. And together, we bring to you the Inside Line F1 podcast. And Kunal, what is wrong with F1? And something really is. Absolutely. Do you know, we just had a farcical Russian Grand Prix, uh, the race that wasn't. Yes. And now we have Caterham and Marussia not lining up on the grid in Austin and Brazil. And, and there's just dismal news because if you actually turn around and ask me whether those cars are required on grid in terms of entertainment, I would say no, they're just back markers. But if they're not there, then guys like Alonso will never be discovered because, well, you need the smaller teams to discover them. Yes, you put it very rightly, Rishi. Is their absence good for the sport? Possibly, yes. We've just eliminated the slowest four cars on the grid in a very artificial manner. Ah, so that's Q1 started already. <laughs> But from a business point of view, it is very shameful. Okay. Uh, you know, we've had HRT pack up a, a couple of years ago. Couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we now have Caterham and Marussia possibly lining up behind them as well. And look at that. Teams like Sauber, you have a lot of legacy over there. Well, literally fake, almost facing bankruptcy. Teams like Lotus trying to stretch their legs. I mean, this is just not right. I don't know about the business aspect and the big money. But if I have 70 million pounds on me, I cannot not be on a Formula 1 grid. It cannot be so expensive. Yes, you put it very rightly, Rishi, that, you know, even if you have a multi-million pound stroke, dollar stroke, euro budget, Mm -hmm. you may not necessarily be able to participate in Formula Mm 1. And this is where Formula 1 is about the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. I mean, when we say rich, we just mean Bernie <laughs> and he just gets rich. Uh, does it make sense now to buy one of these teams to save them? You know, I'm a Formula One enthusiast. I have the money. Will I go buy them? Is it a wise business decision? How's the running about going to happen? You know, that's a very interesting question. And I've been wondering all along. And I asked my dad today that, Pop, would you have about a $50 million? Let's go buy about a Formula One team. Did he slap you? No, well, he just told me and said, listen... You've been in the business of Formula 1 for a while and you know it's not a good decision to purchase. True. But I still want to live more clarity. Well, what happens is, I'll take a cue from what you said, that even if you were to go buy the team with your 70 million euros, etc., the smaller teams and the midfield teams have run millions of dollars of debt which you need to A, fund back. Mm -hmm. And then B, it is also a sport where the more the money, the faster you go. I mean, we saw that in the case of Red Bull last year and we've seen that in the case of Mercedes this year. And at the end of the day, your 17 million will buy you a team, but it will not let you operate a team. And then win a team. Absolutely. Win with a team. Yeah. I'll do that line again. And then win with that team. (laughs) Winning is a long shot in Formula 1, Rishi Kapoor. Okay. So, this needs a 360 degree correction. We need to go back to the drawing board and probably rewrite the whole script. 
I don't know how it's going to be, but it needs correction because there are other racing formulae. There's there's bikes, there's cars, there's endurance racing, there's touring car championship. How are these functioning with a limited budget but still entertaining? See, mm-hmm. what Formula One needs to understand, and this is something I'd like to clarify for our listeners as well, mm-hmm. that currently the focus is on where the teams should not spend money. Mm-hmm. That we will give you only five engines a season. We'll give you only so much of fuel per season. Mm-hmm. But in my view, and something that you agreed with before the podcast, is that Formula One needs to focus on how teams are going to make money. Exactly. It's a business. You have profits. That's how business flourish. And what is surprising to both of us while you and I were sitting and doing our research is that very few Formula One teams actually make a profit. I, I keep getting asked this question a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Okay. And F1 teams don't make a profit, let alone breaking even. But that still brings me back to the other series that are there. Mm -hmm. And luckily or unluckily for them, they aren't as expensive when it comes to operations. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you and I have heard of how Formula 1 teams spend millions of dollars Mm -hmm. to find that extra tenth or half a tenth. Mm -hmm. Okay, but again, here it is the expense that we are talking of not about the earning. And the earning is where the focus needs to come in. Yes, absolutely. In my personal opinion, if every team is spending a lot of money and, and you have a grid that is in total spending, uh, not the wolf, I mean, in total, <laughs> uh, spending about a billion dollars, a billion pounds. If every season. Every single season. How can a sport not be rich enough to make money? Is a question I, I, I don't ask myself, but I ask the experts and, and sponsorships are difficult to tap and they're big in number. I don't know how it actually ends up. Because, you know, still there's football, there's golf, there's tennis. Where the investment is probably not so much and there's more value for money for an investor, I'm going to go there. Yeah, and you know, I'm glad you brought it up. And having worked closely with motorsport and Formula One sponsorships, Mm -hmm. Formula One needs to realize that sponsorships are very rarely now about the size of the logo on the car. Mm -hmm. It is more about engagement. It is more about creating experiences and opportunities. And perception. And perception. And at the end of the day... Everything that is associated with Formula One mm-hmm. is extremely damn expensive. Very. Except for the Inside Line F1 podcast. Which right? is free! <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I do understand where you're coming from. And I do understand the story has to be rewritten. There has to be not a new pen, but a new sheets, new people. And it needs to be done extremely soon. Otherwise, I can tell you, Rishi, the sport is on the verge of extinction. You and I will not like it if it's just the top four teams completing with, you know, three and four cars running on the grid. I'm glad you brought this up. My next point exactly was, uh, will this now lead to a compulsory third car in the team? Because the grid has to look full. I mean, 18 cars is disgusting. Yes, this is since what, 2005 that we've got so few cars on the grid. Mm -hmm. And what I do suspect is that, you know, you and I have had lots of debates on three car teams. Mm -hmm. I do suspect that... The top four teams will be asked to field a third car next season. And that's exactly why Alonso has been beating around the bush because, well, he's waiting for Mercedes to come up with a third car and he gets a drive automatically and then he becomes champion. <laughs> I am so... And that also that. gives probably a lifeline to Jensen Button. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm a little happy if three car teams happen. Mm-hmm. I totally believe that's the way forward. Mm-hmm. Customer teams need to be a part of Formula 1 DNA again. Even more so because we failed to attract manufacturers, a point which we will come to. Mm, okay, mm. But it will also mean that the age-old problem of having really good drivers in bad cars mm-hmm. will get eliminated. 
Exactly my point. Also, you know, three cars is more competition, more inter-team rivalry, which means better TV. <laughs> We're very happy. There's a Nico Rosberg, there's a Lewis Hamilton and Alonso in the same car. Ooh, ooh, I like that. Okay, let me just come back to uh, having customer teams and, and more engines and manufacturers. Rumor, rumor, rumor. Audi might just come back to Formula 1 with uh, Red Bull Racing and, well, in 2016 as soon as that. So, that means another works team as far as Red Bull Audi is concerned. Yeah, you know, I'll be very surprised if they don't come to Formula 1. Mm -hmm. In fact, in my view, all manufacturers in the world should, should actually join Formula 1 and, you know, use it as a, a hotbed for technology research and competition. I mean, Chevrolet and Hyundai globally run, you know, football programs. I'm sure they have a marketing reason to do so. <laughs> but wouldn't you and I love to see them back in Formula 1? But coming to Audi, yes, with Red Bull Racing, it's a big rumor. They're saying they want Alonso, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. But in my view, if Audi makes a comeback to Formula 1, which means they will wrap up their Le Mans and the World Endurance Championship programs, mm -hmm. Renault could also be booted out from the Formula 1 grid. But actually, they shouldn't because, you know, now with no catering and uh, Lotus going to the Mercedes engine, they just have two teams to contribute to. That is Red Bull and Toro Rosso. And, and let's face it, Toro Rosso is like a, a stepchild which can be ignored and Red Bull can give, get all the f attention. So, not a bad deal. Shouldn't be. And what better than having the four rings in Formula 1? We already have the Hangaro ring <laughs> and the Nürburgring ring. And the A1 ring. And I'm sure one more ring somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> coming back to racing, coming back to action, coming back to Austin after a three-week break. Austin GP, I love the track. I, I don't think it's a typically Herman Tilke track. Which makes it interesting because, well, it's not boring then. It has a very interesting first corner. I remember when the first inaugural race happened. And during uh, the demonstration where all these racers get on those retro cars. The retro cars actually couldn't climb couldn't up. Couldn't climb up. <laughs> Drivers were falling you know, trust you only to remember such hilarious <laughs> moments of Formula 1. Yes, yes. Very interesting tag. Very interesting turn 2, 3, 4, 5. Flowing into each other. Very Japan-like. Very long straights. Uh, it's a very technically demanding track. But... The Formula 1 teams are ready for it, aren't they? Yes, and I guess yeah, the fans are ready for Lewis versus Nico Rosberg fight. What do you think? So my mind this time says it's going to be, well, Lewis because he's doing really well. But my heart wants Nico because there has to be a bounce back. There has to be a rejuvenation. There has to be a fight. Yes, and that will actually help create the interest, you know, in a sport which is surrounded by a lot of negativity in the last couple of weeks. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know who's going to wear the Pirelli Stetsons, very, very famous cowboy hats that they gave away on the podium. But I know for sure if Mercedes gets another 1-2, after dominating Russia, they would have scored, I think, 9 1-2 finishes this year if they just add one more to that tally. They become the most successful 1-2 making team in Formula 1, along with McLaren, which happened in 88. And if they get the next two 1-2s, uh, they'll be, well, in Brazil, they'll be the most successful one, officially. Wow. That's super. This just reminds me that we actually ran a competition with Mercedes and Puma last year. Maybe we should look to do something like that. Maybe we should celebrate with our fans on the Inside Line F1 podcast. Yes, we should. And and uh, if you missed Nico Rosberg last year, you always have a link uh, to look down to. Just click on that and you might just find him talking to me. And Kunal is going to give his expert comment on that. <laughs> I'm actually going to tell you, Rishi. I'm going to challenge you. To a one-on-one -on -one race mm -hmm. at the newly opened go-karting circuit in Mumbai. The yeah. sky karting circuit at Smash. I went there last week. And how was it? It was outstanding. Mm -hmm. It's a lovely circuit on the rooftop. Mm -hmm. They have some really good people managing the circuit. Mm -hmm. They have some really quick carts for that circuit as well. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, guess what mm-hmm. i'll give you a tip rishi mm-hmm. if you go closer to the evening the faster you'll go because it's so hot mm-hmm. that even in go karts the tires end up overheating themselves what are you, you need cool down laps after about the 7th or the 8th lap and I, i drove about 60 laps so i have i have some bit of familiarization now and this is in ca- in a car without any wing so <laughs> yeah <laughs> red bull where are you well this is the inside line f1 podcast for today for this week and we will meet you with the result and the 1 2 3 for the austin gp uh, till then Yes hoping more cars do come to formula 1 and we have a lot more to talk about More time at home means more washing, drying, cooking and cleaning at home and more wear and tear on old appliances. But it's the perfect time to save on new ones at the Home Depot. For savings on the latest appliances and right now free delivery from the kitchen to the laundry room, that upgrade is well within reach and closer than ever. Save on top appliances now at the Home Depot. How doers get more done? US only while supplies last free delivery on major appliances $396 or more valid through January 27th.